welcome to Voluble Radio Podcast. We're not talk radio. We're voluble. The record industry is dead because of the fans. They killed it. And what you have now is chaos because that happened. And so what's going on with New Band? Good luck. This is robbery. This will kill the music industry. You will all be sorry. All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Voluble Radio. Uh, got a great show for you today. Uh, we have Doug Carey on coming on the show. Carry on my way with soon. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it, we had a uh, pretty punk rock-ass weekend, too. We did a bunch of heroin. <laughs> 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 got herpes. It was it yeah. Was this fun. weekend was so punk rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we went to the Misfits show, the original Misfits. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. I yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were they were expensive. Uh, not for me. <laughs> I got them at the very. I got them at the eleventh hour, and I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah, you you kind of snuck past everyone. Yeah. Shout outs to Tyler. Thank you so much, dude. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you weren't on the floor. Yeah, the floor, I, I was seated like right over the pit pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Not that there was that much of a pit that I saw. Um, when it first started, Mm. what'd they start off with, uh, 20 eyes or death Uh, comes ripping? I think it was death comes ripping. Death comes ripping, then 20 eyes. Yeah. So yeah, death come ripping and that just started and I got thrown out. Ended up, I started right smack dab in the middle of where the pit started. Oh shit. So then I just moved to the left and I was fine. Oh fuck! So I was yeah. in front of uh, Gary only. Yeah, I, it was like a star-studded night too, because the it was the other guy from the Crow Mags. Um, who else? Uh, Murphy's Law. Yep. And uh, suicidal tendencies. Yeah, and I mean, I missed the Crow Mags guy and mm. uh, Murphy's Law, but suicidal was really good, man. They were fucking tight. Yeah, I heard institutionalized. I was buying a beer, mm. and I heard it. I'm like, ah, oh, motherfucker, the only. Two songs I, well, know by them. Mm. It was it was kind of funny because Psycho Mike was trying to get a, a circle pick going at one <laughs> point, and he kept going, uh, uh, "What did he say? I want to see a psycho pit." And he kept making like a, <laughs> that motion, you know. And was he saying was. Psycho because his name is Psycho Mike, or was he say, trying to say circle, <laughs> and his accent wouldn't allow it? <laughs> no, I think he said Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but they were fucking so good. Uh, yeah, they sounded good from the pier yeah. line. Um, and then yeah, it was also that weird thing where we where we weren't allowed to allowed to have the phones. With yeah, us. yeah. It was uh, yonder, yonder. They called them, and uh, you when as soon as you go in, they make you put it into a little bag, <laughs> and they lock it up, and like they lock it up. But you get yeah. to keep the bag. Yeah. So within. 30 seconds of it being in this bag, two of the people I went with had it out of the bag. <laughs> and then mine was right out, too. Yeah. So, And then at the end of the night, you just see yonder bags covering the floor. Everyone got them the fuck out. Yeah, they were, they littered the bathroom with them, too. <laughs> yeah. They were just everywhere. Fuck your yonder. Yeah. yeah, yeah I did kind of like the idea that <clears throat> nobody had a phone on them, kind of. Yeah, know? for the most part. Yeah, I thought yeah, that was kind of cool. It was very weird. I got great pictures because of it. Yeah. Because no one had their phone up. It's Except so I'm the asshole. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that time I was the asshole and it felt great. I understand why assholes are pieces of garbage. So if you'd like to sue anybody, Danzig, it's Ryan. Because <laughs> I kept my phone in the bag. Uh, 
My name is Brian. So oh, you Brian. That up. I'm sorry, Brian. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, it was a good show. Uh, Tanzig's voice was oddly squeaky. <laughs> like, I don't know about squeaky. I know like raspy. It was kind of. I can't. Uh, it was kind of like. Hey guys, <laughs> it was Mickey Mouse. Ass. Yeah, I got some video of it last night. If you want me to play some, um, no, nah, just because I don't want to get sued. Because <laughs> they're like hawking that shit out, and that was the I I was talking to some just random person about the Yonder bag. Yeah, and uh, he was showed me that he got his phone out, and he's like, "Do you think they'll come after me for taking pictures?" And I'm like. I don't know. I'm just waiting for the bathroom, man. I don't. Really I was <laughs> luckily in the middle, so they didn't, weren't yeah. gonna get to me just for yeah. a fucking thing. But yeah, you were sitting down. Maybe you had uh, an easier chance. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was slap dab in the middle. Um, but yeah, Danzig had that weird like, "Hey, what's going on, everybody?" <laughs> and uh, he started the show off by being like, "New Jersey, what's up? I love you." And crowd then goes I, wild. Yeah, crowd went wild, big pop. And then he was like, hey, what's up, New York? And then... <laughs> a little bit big. <laughs> but like, it was like right. a decent pop, you yeah. know? I'm like, okay, that makes sense. New York's right there. And then he shouted out Philadelphia, and it just sucked Crickets. all the air out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, what People started f-? booing. Yeah, it was like, uh... <laughs> hey, Philly! Uh, and then he shouted out Canada, and only like four people clapped. <laughs> Before I got my uh, phone out of the bag, what I wanted to do is just hold up the bag uh-huh. and act like it was a camera the whole time just to yeah. fuck with him. Everyone should have done that. Still hold yeah. up the yonder bag and just hold it up in the air like he's <laughs> and that just to piss him off. But it's like you're shouting out Philadelphia in Prudential Center where the <laughs> Devils play, you know? It's like, I just want to say, fuck you, New Jersey. <laughs> this one's called 20 Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was oh, weird man. to see him. He was talking to Jerry only. Yeah. And he was, like, introducing them. I thought they were just going to not talk or look at each other and just play a show. Mm-hmm. But they actually had chemistry on stage, and it was uh, it was really good. That's cool, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Jerry broke, like, three or four bases on yeah, stage. One over his knee, one yeah. he just threw over his back. That was so weird. I was just like, how much do those bases cost? <laughs> yeah, we uh, met him in, like, 2005. Yeah. We met him at a guitar center. In, uh, he was mad nice. When we yeah. Met him. yeah, and he was nice as hell, but we saw he, sh- <laughs> he drove up. No, don't, don't, don't get into that. <laughs> don't get into that. There's no reason for no, that. What? No, tell us, please. No, no nothing, nothing. No, nothing. We, got, we already know uh, about now. Yes, it's I know. Now it's too big a deal where it's just like, <laughs> don't say it. I'm going to edit it out. Don't worry. No, no. You're going to rob the, the listeners. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, we met him in 2005. Yeah, he was really super cool. He yeah. held the door for us. So I was yeah. like, yeah, that's fucking cool, man. Yeah, he's nice as fuck. Yeah. Um, and everybody looked jacked. I was like, that's... <laughs> Like, fuck yeah, like, got the Bowflex going. I don't know what they got doing, but... I don't know what you remember before or after, but you kept... Every time I saw you, you were telling me about this whole <laughs> Soprano. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, like, had it in my head that wouldn't it be great if there was an episode of The Sopranos <laughs> where the Misfits reunited? <laughs> and it was like, so Christopher went to the show, and he's telling Tony later about it, and he's just like, Tony. You should have seen this guy's fucking physique. Fucking Adonis tone. <laughs> I don't know if he's got resistance <laughs> bands or he's weightlifting, but he's fucking yoked. 
Tony's just like, game, what does this pertain to me? <laughs> just tell me about the fucking copper cool. <laughs> I just thought that would be so funny, like like Chris Stoned explaining the misfits <laughs> to Tony. They it's sing t- about vampires and shit. Tone, yeah. it's out of this world. <laughs> Guy's fucking yoked, Tone. He's uh, asking his mother if he can kill the night, no, Tone. No. <laughs> just like us. Mama, can I go kill the night? No. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, and then their encore was good. They did She, which is an awesome song. Yep. Um, uh, where they end with uh, Attitude. Attitude. That was yep. the best song to end to. I'm like, that should be New Jersey's uh, state song, is Attitude. <laughs> yeah. We got some fucking attitude. I'll, doesn't he talk about feeble whores? Yeah. And then Inside feeling, the you're going to feel the floor? Maybe uh, not. That part. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time I'm singing with the Misfits, it's just like, oh. Like, don't know. <laughs> not real words. I just know the cadence yeah. of how they go. Uh, they were really fucking tight, though. Uh, I Yeah, it was fucking cool, man. I um, didn't, I mean... It is the original Misfits, but mm. is it isn't fucking who David Lombardo, who was in Slayer, was playing drums. Mm. I mean, get Robo. He ain't doing anything. Yeah. You can go to the unemployment line and find him. Come <laughs> on, guys. What about <laughs> <laughs> oh, come or, on. Or uh, they had another guitarist on stage just standing yeah. there playing. Like, get Bobby Steele. Prop him up. Yeah, that would have been fucking great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's get a real Misfits yeah. reunion and have that. That would have been fucking amazing. I mean, Lombardo makes sense. He's like a thrash He's a great guy. guitarist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, guitarist. Uh, He's drummer, drummer yeah. but fucking, come on. It's not yeah, the original Misfits. Everything I bought says the original Misfits. <laughs> it's just, I'm like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, if Bobby Steele was there, that would have been fucking sweet. Yeah, yeah that would have been cool. Um, <clears throat> I like the setup at Prudential, too. You know, it's a good arena. Yeah, it's kind of small or... Mm-hmm. It's not like a huge. It's not like how Brendan Burr, or whatever the what was that uh, called oh. later on the Meadowlands, and then it was PNC, oh, not yeah. PNC, um, uh, uh, Izod Center. Oh, Izod, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, wherever over there. Yeah, um, that was bigger, I believe. Oh wow, um, it was weird seeing a punk show at a fucking stadium. <laughs> yeah, though, you know, I'm like what the fuck. People who were sitting in the crowd, I heard they couldn't tell what song it was for a couple of seconds. <laughs> The same then oh, like, oh, right, oh, I got you. I want but I could skull. tell immediately. Yeah, me like, too. Me too. And they were also flashing the um, the album it was on, like the screen behind oh, them. Oh, that's what that was. was yeah, it was like the album okay. and like art and like uh, Night of Living Dead. They were playing oh, yeah. during the song. And that stuff. was a they did amazing. Yeah, it was, show that was really that. good. And then uh, yeah, Danzig was also calling out people that lip sync on stage and shit. <laughs> that was great. He's like, yeah, I'll co- you know what I would do? I'd go backstage and I'd punch him in the <laughs> face. You're like, oh, kind of like how you got punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, I backstage. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just want to say, fuck you, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> You're garbage heaping all over. Jersey, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you won't scream. <laughs> Yeah, what he was singing, he was fine. He just, I don't know, his voice was kind of squeaked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was, like, lifting really hard that day. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Yeah, but Doyle looked great. He was sexy, mm-hmm. you know, fucking Doyle Vaughn. And, uh, yeah, getting out of that place was a motherfucker. That was the only thing. Like, yeah, trying to find an Uber at any concert is just... Yeah. Nonsense. Uh, I went to Metallica with Hayes last year, mm. and that was at uh, Giant Stadium. Right. So we were trying to find our Uber with just thousands of <laughs> other people trying to uh-huh. find their Uber. It was just not working. Luckily, yeah. we found one of his friends and jumped in their car. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but, yeah, we were 
Um, you know what I did notice was there a shitload of Misfits uh, T-shirts being worn. Yeah, and that I guy thought that was faux pas. I thought that was like something you just don't do. Like, I heard guys in the crowd next to me. They mm. were like, "I hope they play this. I hope they play." And the one guy said, "Hybrid moments." And I go, "That's a poser song." To <laughs> <one of them." laughs> There's I'm no like, poser. Come on, song. it's the fucking Misfits. You paid three hundred fifty. Yeah. Every song's the poser, the poser song. song. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. There's not one song they played where I was like, which song is this? <laughs> yeah. You knew what it was. It's a, they've been around <laughs> yeah. for 40 fucking years, these songs. This one was our first lead single. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say, fuck you, New Jersey, 20 eyes. <laughs> or no, I don't know, what's another one? <laughs> Earth AD. <laughs> you might remember this one from Green Hell. It used to be called Green Heck. Two, three, four. <laughs> you might remember Metallica ruining this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But um, wh- what do you think? You think they're gonna tour? No, I think they'll randomly play for the right price places, right. but they're not gonna go on a full tour. I feel maybe like uh, Europe, they'll go to next probably. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm su- just surprised that it took them that long to get to New Jersey. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Because Danzig's going to Europe next for his for some tour. I gotcha. And Doyle is doing something somewhere else, maybe in Europe or something also. I did see a bunch of gorgeous Frankenstein shirts, uh, Doyle's band, mm. and I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, okay, at least that's, like, not... I Believe it or not, the most shirt I saw was the one that I got at Walmart, which was... Uh, the negative? The, the American flag one. Oh, gotcha. Where it's the fiend skull and with the stars and stripes. Um, I saw that one the most. <laughs> I'm, p- I'm part of the club, but I'm also patriotic. <laughs> <laughs> but I also got this shirt for eight bucks. <laughs> oh, that's fucking good. Yeah. Uh, and then there was like, like, what do you do when you see a misfit shirt at a Target or a Walmart? Do you are you like, I'll oh, fuck them. Or you're like, well, 11 bucks for a misfit shirt. I might as well. Yeah, that's kind of how, that's like, how yeah. I do it. I don't. At first, I was bummed when I saw it, but then I was like, "Hey, you know what? It's a cheap ass misfit shirt. Who gives it's a, a fuck? It's a good yeah. print, yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> that's a poser song. You heard <laughs> yeah, say. and I was just like, oh boy. <laughs> what do you mean, skulls? That's a poser <laughs> song. Like, oh, what's the cool 138? song? One thirty-eight. Come on. He's like, he's the guy that's screaming, "Play cough cool." Hell, <laughs> like, that would have been fuck. good. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Or American Nightmare. Yeah. And the bars that were across the street from the venue were pretty dope, too. Um, it's funny because it's Nork, and then it's just, like, all white people just on one <laughs> strip right there. You're like, and cops so are all blocking it off. You could drink outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, there's, I don't know if you could, but they yeah, are. We, I, yeah, everybody was. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, even uh, Jerry went to the venue after, or went to the bar after. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was cool. That was definitely something to scratch off my bucket list. Hell, um, yeah, that's why I had to do it. And, yeah, if they come around to you, uh, whatever town you're listening to this podcast in, I'd advise seeing them. And you have an extra grand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, how much you pay for your tickets? Uh, it was a little under 300 Wow, for one ticket? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. I paid 150 for two. <laughs> well, you didn't get good pictures like I did. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was such a pussy <laughs> because I was, like, vaping. You didn't throw your yonder <laughs> box at uh, Danzig, did you? <laughs> no. I was, uh, did somebody do that? I, I don't sure I saw somebody did. throw something on stage. Like, fuck your yonder. That's not punk rock. No. <laughs> You're playing the poser songs. <laughs> yeah. Dude, stop playing. Oh, that's what I kept screaming. So I got, I was playing. Play mother. Yeah. I kept, sc- I kept screaming, play Shanheim. <laughs> and shit like that. 
Samheim? How's that said? Samheim, yeah, yeah. Samheim? Samheim. Shamheim, I've heard Shampoo, also. I've heard a couple times yeah. it said as. But yeah, that was cool. But yeah, I guess uh, continuing on with the, uh, the punk rock thing, we're going to take a break like punk rockers do, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk with, talk with uh, Doug, man. It was a cool conversation. Yeah, he's uh, a cool guy. Really cool guy. So stay tuned. me yeah hey what's up man can you what's going on is this mike what's going on hey what's up doug what's happening not much dude uh nice to finally talk to you yeah i see you guys are in the bunker are you in the basement is that what's going on there <laughs> the garage i love it yeah, it's the, work... <laughs> the the working man super studio cool. <laughs> super cool oh man yeah thanks for talking that... to us dude Hey, you know, when you come from the punk world, it's like basements, you get used to that world. You know, it's like it's a functioning space. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. yeah, we were even talking about uh, what was the. Ch- Did your call freeze? No. Are you, can you see us? Uh, okay, so it's saying that we have like a. Po- I can see you guys, but it's saying on my end that you have like a poor Internet connection. Oh, oh really? <laughs> so is that on? Yeah, it's kind of funky. Are you are you using a camera? Like, can you see me or no? I can't see you at all. No, it's just okay, uh, cool. you're. That's okay, because I might, I might be rubbing one out a little bit later. I just want to make sure the cameras aren't on. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we definitely encourage that on the show, for sure. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, this is, uh, this is Ryan, by the way. How's it going? Um, and hey, yeah. Brian, what's going on? Good. Uh, and then we got Rich. Uh, he, he's our producer. You can't see him. He's behind a wall of computers. What's up, Rich? <laughs> up? Hey, Rich, what's going on? Now, you grew up in uh, California, right? I grew up in Hermosa Beach, California, home of Black Flag. Um, right yeah, so I was I was born in uh, New York, but my mom's bit moved me to Hermosa Beach when I was a, a young weenie weenie kid, <laughs> and so I grew up in the beach at the beach, like on a skateboard and on a surfboard. Oh, that's um, yeah, 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 yeah. And so you know, I I was one of those guys that like you know, was riding my skateboard down the street and surfing. And I saw like a black flag flyer and I was like, holy shit, what's that? Right. And then that kind of started me getting really involved in you know, punk music and alternative music. And that whole, it was a, it was incredibly underground, very, very, uh, kind of o- almost like two sides of a coin where it's like, you have like the beach culture, which is all like bikinis and you know, that kind of thing. And then you had like the um, the surf culture, which was pretty like dark and heavy and, huh. and really. You ever see a movie called Bra Boys? You I've know what heard that of is that. about like yeah, I heard that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Like that. I grew up with guys that were like freaking crazy skaters and scrappers, like right. crazy, crazy fuckers. <laughs> which is, <laughs> you know, the almost like the opposite to what you'd think. Like the beach is all like you know, picturesque and, you know, (laughs) babes in bikinis. And it's like, not those tweak, not those tweaked out punkers, man. Those guys are on speed and they'll fight. (laughs) You know, those guys are crazy. Yeah. I, I I tend to picture the laid back surfer guy, but yeah, that sounds a little more violent than that. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's a it was something. Yeah. <laughs> it was something, but yep, I grew up there, you know, and then and that kind of inside that little like one mile area, mm-hmm. you know, you had like you know Black Flag and the Descendants and Circle Jerks and a lot of bands kind of spawned out of that little baby Pennywise, <laughs> you know, right. little baby one mile grid. Yeah. Which is strange, but that's that's that. That's like that's that. Yes. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm guessing you were going to a lot of Black Flag shows and just just participating in the scene in general, then, right? Well, yeah, I, yes, but also like the you know back back then the the idea of going to shows was it was almost like going into combat. Yeah. Like those shows were were that wasn't. I mean, I don't know how old you guys were, but I would parallel it to like maybe like you guys going to city gardens. And it's like if you went to city gardens, it was like you you like, yeah, it was those were fun shows. But they were also you better pay attention because it was a heavy neighborhood. (laughs) And then there were heavy shows. You know, what I mean, they were like there are shows where it's like, you know, different Nazi factions would pop up and it's like you had to pay attention. And for me, the punk world was a lot like that where it was like it was you were part of an not just part of the counterculture but you were part of the extreme counterculture and so going to shows and stuff like that was very um it was heavy maybe mm-hmm. maybe like the same way like you guys go into shows at, at city gardens you know yeah you know when you go there there's like like for me going to shows and playing shows and stuff like that um i can cite maybe 10 to 15 times where heavy like I've seen a guy get shot right out Jeez. of his boots, oh, okay. you know what I mean? Just heavy, like heavy stuff going on in, in the punk world. You know, the punk world is a great and amazing place. And it's also, it's a, it's a pre, it could be a, you know, it could be the epicenter of a lot of trouble. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes those two areas converge and hopefully you're on the right side of the, um, you're on the right side of the equation and you just duck out, <laughs> duck out the back door as fast as possible. Oh man. I, I just want to say too, for the audience that might not be that familiar with you too. I mean, you were in a bunch of like amazing bands, uh, descendants, dag nasty. Um, yeah, you work with the Cottonmouth Kings, me and Ryan were talking, you know, very cool production, very cool bass playing, uh, guitar, you know, I heard they like smoking weed. Is that true? <laughs> Well, you know what? I, I'm going to go on record and say not only do they do they do, you know, do they like smoking weed, but it was like legitimate. Like like I'm not kidding. Oh, I believe like, it. I would I, I would go on tour with them and I would come home with asthma. That's how much weed they smoke. Like we're talking uh, 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 like I like duffel bags. Because wow. What's what's also funny about that band is is um. Uh, they were smart enough to never uh, bring their own weed across state lines, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. But but the local growers were always interested in hanging out with the band and giving them product. Hell yeah! So so it's kind of like it's kind of like when somebody says to you like. All right, dude, we gotta leave. You know, you gotta have that last slice of cake or whatever, and you, or whatever it is. So you're like trying to rip, do as many bong rips as you can, because you know you have to either smoke the weed yep. or get rid of the weed. One of the two. There's only two options, you know. Oh, that's and so great. they would have, um, yeah. I mean, I I have I had I can say there were they would smoke nonstop from six in the morning <laughs> until six in the morning the next day, nonstop. <laughs> 
like nonstop, just nonstop. And I would get asthma because like after a while, you're just like, oh my God, I'm just like, I'm in smoke the whole time. (laughs) Whether it's the venue, whether it's the bus, whatever it was, just always, just always, uh, you know, in the, in the throes of like, you know, the weedage and and the vape and and the, they were really into a lot of the, like, vaporizing you know mm. not like the other one but like you know like <laughs> the good one smoking waxes and shit <laughs> yeah. like that yeah right so that was that was big on their in their thing too oh wow but y- it is what it is it's like that's <laughs> they were part of the weed culture you know and that, yeah. that's like there it is i find it's i find um from where you came from to where you ended up really uh interesting like as far as like your the different music genres that you touched across your career man like well, it's, your your phone's kind of getting a little bit fuzzy, so I only heard you you had asked about like um, just uh, oh. you had asked about like musical genres and how I started with one and end up in the other. Yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting that you came up in the you know the hardcore punk DIY uh, mm-hmm. scene, and then you found your way into like a hip hop thing, and there was like always something I felt like uh, a lot of the punk rockers kind of like turn to hip hop in a way. I mean, would you right. say that's accurate? Well, you know, keep in mind and I'm going to go I'm going to date myself, but I'm just going to say like early hip hop, you know, when you start talking about like gangster rap and NWA and mm-hmm. Ice Cube and stuff like that, even though there's that culture and then on the other side there's the punk rock culture, both groups are saying fuck you. Right. And that's and that's the 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 only thing that's different is like the execution of the the message is the same. Yep. The execution's slightly different. Yeah. But the but believe me, NWA were saying fuck you the same way Black Flag was saying fuck you. Right, you know, right. they're both both saying the exact same thing. Now, I because I grew up at the beach and I grew up on a surfboard and a skateboard, I just identified more with one group right you know what do what do i know about you know about inner city black kids you know blah 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 blah. it wasn't later it wasn't until later on that i got exposed to that and here's how i got exposed to it so you know even though i'm a guy that came up the ranks in in the alternative music world and in the punk world that's not the only thing i listened to in fact I would have been more likely to go into the jazz world than I would have into the punk world. I find that, but so, it's it, uh, sorry to cut you off. It's just like I find that so interesting that there are so many guys from the well, punk rock scene that were jazz influenced, like even Bad Brains well, and guys like that. Okay, well, that. here I'll give you a dumb example. Here's a dumb example: mm-hmm. Des Kadena, right. who was the second. Okay, the third singer for Black Flag, right. and of all of them, my favorite. Like I love his raspy voice. Yeah, his dad was the booker for the Lighthouse, which was the jazz club in Hermosa Beach. Wow. So all roads, all roads in Hermosa Beach was very eclectic. Jazz was counterculture. Right. <laughs> that was the that was people, you know. Charlie Parker and Chet Baker and all these, you know, those guys were, those guys weren't in the in club. They were on the outside of, of, of the musical spectrum. I mean, you had like Frank Sinatra would have been considered in the in club, you know, Charlie Parker and Miles Davis and all those other guys in, in punk music. You take the, the bad brains, for example, you know, where it's like 
that would be almost like the the a cross between fusion, which was one of the extreme sides to rock mm-hmm. at the time, and somewhere in there like the reggae thing, and somewhere to the left of that would be the punk thing. All of them kind of on fringe fringe sides of the you know the 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 hemisphere you know just mm-hmm. very very the outer sphere now uh i, I saw something I, I mean i read this on your wikipedia um about you you getting into the descendants you were you were friends with milo and I can you can you say that again i i, I didn't uh, sorry, hear everything sorry. you said here let me uh let me adjust this uh, no, I, I was saying that um, looking into like how you got into the uh, Descendants. So, I mean, uh-huh. w- w- that was just a friendship with Milo from high school or how did that work out? Well, it was it's actually it was more of a friendship with Bill. Oh, so interesting. what happened was um, we all went to the same, again, Hermosa Beach, teeny town, small town, one mile grid. You ca- And then when you start talking about the punkers and the people that are on the fringe, there's only about maybe 15 of you, 20 of you. You know, it's not a very big crowd. Right. Um, and and Bill was one grade above me in school. So when I was a freshman in high school, okay, Bill would have been a sophomore or a junior, one of those two. And he and I were in the same public speaking class. And I would always do um, speeches on skateboarding and surfing and stuff like that. And he would always do speeches on fishing. And, wow. and he was just a super, like very eccentric guy. Mm. Um, and he was like, that was the t- like, you know, Mr. Bass and Catalina and all that stuff, like fishing, like Bill is a fisherman through and through. It, it just so happens. He's also a really good drummer, a really, really good drummer. But when I, you know, I love Bill and he would, talk about like wrapping a fishing pole and how the eyes are supposed to work and stuff where you're like, what is this guy talking about? (laughs) But we had certain, we had certain things in common. Like we both liked Monty Python and we both liked music and da, 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 da. So snapshot a few years later, I was now, so now you're talking like out of, Oh, I guess I'm still in high school. I would see the descendants play because they were like the local band. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, they're like the local punk band. And so I would see him play at some of those spaces and, you know, he and I were friendly and stuff like that. Snapshot a couple years later, he was coming out of Black Flag. Descendants were officially on hiatus and he was kind of going to reboot it. And he comes, Hermosa Beach, very, very small town. I grew up on 33rd Street. Everybody in the town knew where I lived and they'd just knock on my door. Hey, is Doug there? And wow. it was one of those, like, dunk, 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 hey. And so I went to walk my dog, and when I had come home, on my door was taped this little message, and it was real scribbled, and it was like, hey, Doug, it's Bill. I'm at SST. Can you call me? Was Just like that. Like, that's, how, that <laughs> that's how old school it was. Like, you know, it wasn't even – it's just like that. And so I called him up, and he's like, hey, man, I want to talk to you. And he was a little bit secretive, and he's like, comes over to my house. He and I had some coffee. We start rapping. And he had said, you know, I'm rebooting Descendants. Tony, the original bass player, can't do it because he's got work obligations. Do you want to try and do it? And I'm like, absolutely. And he says to me, where do you rehearse? And I said, right here at the house in the basement. 
he's, he says, well, I got my drums in the car. I'm like, well, bring him on in the house. And so we just started jamming right there. And That's then, cool. you know, we jammed for maybe an hour or two. And then we stopped and got a couple of coffees and a couple of burritos. And he says to me, do you want to jam a little later? And I'm like, yeah, where? And he's like, we're going to SST. So we threw all the gear in the van. Oh, yeah. wow. He had this VW bus. It was this gray VW bus. And we drove it out to SST and we loaded the equipment in there and we started jamming again. That's so and we jamming cool. again. Yeah. And and then from there, it just kind of like evolved. They were they were already done tracking. I don't want to grow up, and they were mixing. And between mixing and I don't want to grow up and rehearsing, we just started hanging out and we just hung out for the next few years. Every day we were together, you know. In That's a van, so cool. driving, recording, playing, playing, driving, recording, playing, repeat, rinse. And that's kind of how it, it ended up. Milo, who was the same age as Bill, was more like a guy that I knew from school, but he was he was a runner. Mm. Like Milo, like I know Milo as the guy that was always doing cross-country running and like long distance running. And I'd there's that singer from the Descendants kid, like at the traffic light, waiting for the traffic light to turn. That's so wild, Because he yeah. was running, <laughs> fucking running background. You know, what did I know? You know what I mean? Right. No, if, oddly enough, neither one of them skated. Neither one of them wow. really surfed, which were like different, it's almost like different tribes. Right. You know, just, dif just different. You know what <laughs> I mean? Just different. I was going to say, even... And that's... At, oh, yep. sorry. Uh, well, I was going to say the the album that you played on too. I did notice that there was more of a like darker side to it. It was a little heavier than the than typical Descendants collection. Um, so I was just yeah. wondering. I'm like, was that more where you were coming from? Maybe like uh, uh, what what's the song on there? Herding Crew, right? Uh, it's got yeah. that thrashy kind of feel to it, right? Um, yeah. I'm like. I, I don't know. For me, it was just like a, a departure from the typical sound, and I figured that was... Uh, would you say that would be your influence to the band or your contribution? Maybe so. I would say probably, like, you know, more of the, like, the days are blood kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, re you know, uh, I, I would, like... By that time in my life, you know, I had already was very, very experienced with, like, the birthday party oh, and yeah. stock Stockhausen and a lot of really, really noisy bands, you know, mm. Einstein's and Neubotten stuff shit. that was very, very far off the grid from the descendants, little two minute pop songs. Right. Um, and you know, when you get my background and wanting to try things against, uh, uh, the real power pop, Right background of Descendants, you know, you just kind of, that's kind of what it is. Would it be influential? Eh, I would say somewhat, sure. Is that the driving force? No, because a lot of the songs come from kind of jams mm. and everybody has ideas, but, you know, sure, you're a part of that. And I, I have, uh, uh, it's kind of like if we were to walk into a room and each one of us has a different box of crayons, right. different box of pens. It's like, well, geez, you have a lot of pens that I, I've never even seen. I, I wouldn't have even known that. And then <laughs> when we all start drawing on the same canvas, for lack of a better word, it's not a surprise that you're going to influence me and vice versa. Right. If it's, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of how, how it works. I mean, there are certain things about, 
there are certain things about the descendants that are that are amazing in that little one minute thirty second nugget pop songs. You know, that's a it's an amazing craft, and I think they seem to get better mm-hmm. at doing that. Like they're you know, if you see the Descendants now, and it's amazing that they're rebooting and touring, <laughs> that is which is pretty amazing. Intense, yeah. It's that's freaking insane. Mm-hmm. They're really good. They may even be better than before. Wow! Like I don't know. It's it's just really good. Like they've upped their game, and it's a it's a f- very friendly relationship. Like it's a bit like the Yankees. You know, Uh where it's like everybody's kind of like part of the alumni and there's no animosity. There's no weirdness. I love it. All of them are all of them are wonderful people. All of them are always welcome to come hang out. There was a very long period of time where even though I wasn't in the band, whenever they were doing all or descendants or whatever, I would roll up to the shows and we would have lunch in the afternoon and hang out and everybody would catch up and. You know, so it's like I've I've grown up with them as friends and remain friends almost first. And right. then there's the oh, by the way, we did play music together as yeah. second. You know what I mean? That's so really cool. That's it, it's really a cool. great it's they're great people and a great like, you know, I've I've seen. All in while I've been in New Orleans, while I've been in, in Indiana, I've seen them in L.A. a million times, you know, and, and it was one of those things where I. I just roll up to sound check and just, what are you guys doing? Nothing. I'm like, let's go get some food and so we'd go have lunch. And you know, it's just people that you grow up with and you're friendly with, you know? So yeah. it's always been, a, always been a great thing. And I'm very, I'm happy that there, there's another chapter being written. Who would have known? You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Who would have known? Amazing. Amazing. Um, so then I saw that you were working with, uh, that you worked with also um, Brian Baker from Minor Threat. And uh-huh. I thought that was really minor threat was uh, even Fugazi. You mentioned earlier; those are like two of my favorite bands growing up. And uh, yeah, yeah, well, I, I was just and, curious how. And, did, how, and, how oh, sorry, go for it. <laughs> no, so so very simple. Um, I grew, I too grew up listening to Minor Threat. Huge fan of like the early Seven Inches. Right. Huge fan, crazy. Like whole, like Fletcher from Pennywise and I would listen to those Seven Inches nonstop. Like they're just the greatest things in the world. Um, and one time I was too, this is, this is just, just to give you kind of like a snapshot of how different the musical universe was then. Okay. I'll give you a snapshot. So descendants are going into DC to play the nine thirty club and it's descendants and meat puppets on the same bill. Oh, that's cool. Okay. And so we go to the back door of the 930 Club, the old 930 Club, and we bang on the door, and the door swings open, and it's Ian. And wow. Ian was literally the stage manager guy. And I was like, and it blew my mind. I was like, I cannot believe that this guy is humping amps. This is freaking <laughs> me out. And I met Ian just like that, just like. He's like, yeah, dude, I helped doing the stage thing. And then they let me in the shows and he's the nicest guy in the world. Totally legit. And you're like, jeez, okay. The next time I go through with Descendants, so I I end up like, become friends with Ian. I think that night I slept at Discord. Like, you know, that's how it worked back then. You go, yeah, come on over, sleep on the couch. 
Um, the next time descendants go through, it's now winter time. Bang on the back door. Ian opens the door, but on the bill was Dag Nasty. So we end up, Descendants and Dag Nasty end up doing this show. Brian and I become friends then. That summer, Descendants goes out to do a run of whatever, 100 shows. And I think Dag Nasty is on 40 of them or 35 of them or something like that. So Brian and I became really, really good friends through that relationship. Then there's a period of time where he kind of like, Agnasty's kind of dark. And then when he rebooted it, mm-hmm. I kind of helped him reboot it. There it is. And we did a, too many shows and I think two or three records together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I checked out some of the, uh, I think it was the first record you were, you were on with them. And it, it's awesome. It's got a very heavy sound. It kind of reminds me of uh, a post-hardcore or more melodic hardcore or something. You know? Well, it, it, it's funny because that's kind of like the, the first one that I played on, Wig Out at Danko's, was an evolution to – I wouldn't say that I'm kind of a, a pretty humble person mm-hmm. just by nature, but that was definitely a cornerstone record to what became the post-punk mm-hmm. emo core world. So even not knowing it as that was evolving, I seemed to find myself in the, in the mix of right. that, uh, trying to take, I wouldn't say take hardcore slower, but you know, by that time that was a Peter record and Peter was, lyrically slightly coming from a different angle than david right um he he was peter was really making a conscious effort to sing so even though you had songs that were kind of blistering fast and had the heavier guitars um uh uh peter was really trying to melodically catch more melody as opposed to screaming over it right and then and then which is neat and then here's two other parts that if you're a music person like I am, uh, uh, Brian at the t- same time, Brian and I were listening to a lot of R.E.M., The Damned, and Johnny Marr. So Brian and I were trying to figure out how can we involve the open string kind of picky thing mm-hmm. against blistering fast hardcore, if that makes any sense. No, it makes total sense, yeah. You know, so it's like, uh, Brian, a gigantic damned fan. Uh, and then, and, and Brian and I really were quite intrigued by, um, Johnny Mars guitar playing, you know, the Smith's guitar playing Absolutely. and, 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 uh, um, Peter Buck, uh, uh, REM's guy, how he was doing that. Um, and trying to figure out how to take that element of kind of open, open, repetitive stringing. And if you listen to kind of like by wig out at Danko's, it was starting to take shape. And then by the second record, uh, field day, there was even things that were going even further where there was stuff that was acoustic guitar. Yeah. Things field that day, were field day was really a good- different for punk rock, really yeah. different. Yeah, I, I did get that uh, transitional feel from when I was listening to Field Day as well, too. I'm like, that is really interesting. They were going 
heavier on the first, and then you could hear them transitioning to more of a melodic sound on the second. Right, you know? and and I think I think part of it too, you know, if you look at like part of it was, you know, trying to just, um, I don't know, you know, may, maybe it was just make things more interesting with the bass, drums, mm -hmm. guitar, vocal format. And, and if you, you know, if you look at the snapshot of what was going on at the time, um, you know, the bands were, were moving things in different directions. And so, right. I don't know, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's what it, that's what I know for me, that's certainly what I was chasing was how can you get across the same emotional message without turning people off by doing stuff that's so, you know, as much as I love sick of it all mm -hmm. and as much as I love, you know, Cro-Mags and all that other stuff, that's great. But, but is there a way to, to go emotionally in the same space, but have it be a little bit more halftime to that and a little bit more digestible, mm -hmm. if you will, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, who, I, 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 that's, that is a big question. Why, why do you write songs? You know, right. I don't know what, you know, you, you try to express ideas and you use the tools that you have and that's where you are at that time. And then the next time you're writing songs, you might come from a different perspective and have more information or try to chase a different, <laughs> chase a different rabbit down a different hole, you know? Absolutely. But certainly at that time we're, we were trying to make we were trying to make songs that were um, that we would really want to listen to, uh, and we love punk rock. But at the same time, we were also really liked jangly guitars and yeah. how things were evol you know evolving. Like Johnny Marr style, then. and yeah, absolutely. You know, using guitars. So you know, let me ask you, what's what's your impression of the music industry today? Like, as far as like bands or you know who's somebody that you're listening to now who's somebody a little newer Ooh, um I'm, that's probably a bad that's probably a bad question for me because i'm i'm really not that um mm. I, i'm funny where it's, I, I, it takes quite a bit to impress me right uh i i don't i've been way off in in the americana alt country world for the last three years mm -hmm. so i'm really in, a lot more involved in that space gotcha. but i will say when it comes to rock i'm not nothing's really blipped on my radar when it comes to hip-hop right i've I, i've been listening to a lot of this girl named rocky bad with oh, two d's yeah i've heard of her out yeah. of detroit and what's so great about rocky bad is the first time i listened to nwa records and i was like holy shit these guys have machine guns they're crazy <laughs> yeah. and it's the same thing like rocky bad is is like that and and it's like she's uh very inner city black girl mm -hmm. singing songs about violent stuff and it's right. heavy <laughs> and yeah. so like i i you know things like that are interesting to me you go oh, all right so i'm kind of gonna give the nod to rocky bad there you go um, i'm a little bit you know a, a little bit nothing in the nothing in the uh uh nothing in the rock world per se 
No, I see. I know like some of your podcasts talk about like the evolution of rock or whether rock's dead and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I do. I do believe that playing a stringed instrument like a guitar is a bit like if I were to say to you, Mike, I got a typewriter. Right. <laughs> I know. I mean, Dude, that's come on over. I got a typewriter. You know, and you're could, like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's crazy. You could you could parallel that DIY punk mindset from your era. And you it's parallel to a kid getting a laptop and just programming a drum beat or it's the same thing now, you know, 100 percent. So I know this wouldn't be a great reference, but for mm -hmm. you take, let's say, like Skrillex, for example. Right. You know, I can I can totally understand how a kid with a hardcore background ends up being in that space. Totally yeah. get it. Totally get it. But what band was he in before? Uh, yeah. So I, I, I and and I know that like right now, um, there's so much music out there. It's hard to keep up right. with what's you know what's out there and things you know things blip on my radar screen and uh, you know i can appreciate kind of, kind of a, a lot you know i a lot because i'm always turning and shifting and pivoting um right. things that have to do with a guitar mm, i haven't been really impressed lately yeah it hasn't hasn't I, not to sound like a an asshole but it's just like not make sense I, I i i'm i'm just you know uh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fall down the rabbit hole i don't know i think you know sometimes there are times like the kooks i think are interesting arctic mm -hmm. monkeys i think are interesting yeah um you know uh, okay but but that to me is a little bit of a cop-out because you're like all right dude you're just pulling from the stooges you know it's like yeah. I, I know my music history really really well uh -huh. so there's a there's a uh, a band going around right now, uh, Greta Van Fleet. Have you heard of them? Mm -mm. So they're like a uh, a Queen meets Led Zeppelin revival kind of sound, mm -hmm. and you know they're great. They're great musicians. They're just you know I think they're like twenty one, twenty two years old. But I'm like, if I want to listen to Led Zeppelin, I'll go listen to Led Zeppelin. I'm looking for something sure. that's you know like what's gonna push mm -hmm. the genre where. I, I feel like people have just been hanging on for like, where's the next Elvis, Kurt Cobain? Do you, do, you re, do you remember a long time ago when there was the big push for the darkness, the band yes. The Darkness? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's the same thing. It's like, all right, cool. Okay, I get it. Fine. Right. And you know, um, I'm not, you know, like I said, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not uh, – I'm open to whatever it is, mm -hmm. but where do you go from there? You know, where do you go from there? And it, it just seems to me like um, music is evolving into much more of a less of a live space mm -hmm. and more of a earbuds listen at home space. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. And then there's and then there's this giant valley, and then there's the festivals. So it's like there's it's almost like there's no middle class. You're either building tracks in your room and then all of a sudden you're at Coachella or something. Right, it's right. like there's there's no middle ground at all. Because it used to be when, you could play at a bar, you could play at a venue and then you, you build an audience. But nowadays mm -hmm. you go on YouTube and I feel like and, and maybe uh, um, you could agree with me on this one that music's kind of becoming more of like a, a personality uh, or I'm sorry, a, a quality to your online persona. You know, like it's like I do music, I do podcasting, I do this. 
It just seems right. like it's part of your like repertoire of. You remember like um, like back in the day, like uh, like a Jackie Gleason type would be able to sing, dance, do comedy, mm-hmm. everything. It's kind of like it's come full circle, and you have to be somebody like that. Yeah, well, I, well, I think I, I think you know, there's a number of reasons why we've evolved into that. You know, why we've evolved into that world. But I would agree, like, you know. Music is one tentacle for a lot of people, and then there's these other branches that they're involved in. Sometimes it's, you know, a, a horrible example would be like J-Lo. Like <laughs> J-Lo to me is horrible. Right. Like I hate J-Lo, <laughs> but it just doesn't do anything for me. Whatever. I don't give a, you know, it's yeah, cool. right. I'm, I'm honest. But what she does is, you know, she's got the music brand. And then she's got her restaurants and then she's got her perfume and then she's got her other. So it's like, you know, music is just one ancillary product to the bigger brand, right? which is just like Taylor Swift, which is just so, you know, people that play, you know, I don't know. Music is definitely just one small. That's like, you know, it's like your target. You know, like the um, the store Target, your your Walmart, and that's just one thing that you can get on the shelf. Right, is music. But if you want to get, I don't know, suitcases, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. here's your Foo Fighter suitcases, and you're like, great, <laughs> look, I look so cool. <laughs> Learn to fly. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I don't know, but I do think that, you know, what what is it, you know, what is it that has driven us to that spot. Well, you know, I, I, I think that we're, you know, we're, we've evolved over the past 20, 22 years or so since the internet's come about mm. uh, and really started to take, take shape and become viable. It's become so viable that it's changed commerce, meaning, right. you know, back in the dinosaur day, maybe for you, you'd go buy records at a store. Absolutely. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> and now, and that's how you learned about music. You went to the store. The clerk maybe knew something. You can the hold clerk the packaging, kind of what the posters. Yeah. And he, yeah. You know, yeah, he'd say, hey, you should, you like that. You should check this out. You like that. But now all that can be done from your iPhone yeah. <laughs> while you're cooking, while you're eating Taco Bell. You know, you're just it's like, it's a whole different. It's like a it's multitask a whole, society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole different, it's a whole different space. Is it, is it better? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. There are certain there are certain elements that sometimes I think it's better, and then there are other times where I think it's incredibly um, destructive, mm. which is why I find podcasting so interesting. Because, mm. believe it or not, podcasting is what led me to you and yeah. you and I to have this conversation to connect. So it's like it's really weird. But even though we're using these devices and we're so far away, blah 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 blah. Right we're using technology to connect, which I think is just something that as, as freaking crazy as it sounds, man was meant to be a social being mm-hmm. and happiness is shared. And so it doesn't matter if I have the best song in the world, if you can't hear it, right. What good is that? Oh, it's absolutely. like, you know, what good is that? And, and you want to share your experience of life Whatever it is, the good things, the bad things, the tough things, the funny things, the fucked up things, the crazy things, the same way other people do. And it's just the, the medium is different. Mm. Right now I'm talking to you on my iPhone with my earbuds. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, but but the connecting is the same. Right. You know? 
it's the same. And so that's what's so, uh, I could say that that's just uh, different is even the wrong word as it's more like that's current. Right. That's right. where we are. It's not different. It's just, that's where we are. Would that's you have in- uh, any uh, advice for somebody that's trying to become a musician nowadays? Ooh. Um, well, I would, I, yeah, I, I would say do it for fun. One, don't do it as a career. Don't do it as a career. Wow. Don't okay. do it as a career. <laughs> that don't seems to be the vibe. <laughs> as a career. Hey, dumbass, don't do it as a career. Do it for fun. I would also say that since now um, you have YouTube and other ways of learning an instrument, learn an instrument, learn a second instrument, learn a third instrument, try a bunch of different things. Um I don't even know whether learning an instrument is necessary. Maybe it's learn software. Yeah. Um, but, you know, check out Dead Mouse's master classes. Um, hmm. Who knows? I don't know. Um, is, what's your initial point for being a musician? Is it because you want to be able to express yourself on some kind of instrument? Or is it because you want to get chicks and get laid? Right. You know, so really try to identify why are you doing this? Why? Really think about it. And if it's something where, you know, if you were to ask me, Doug, why do you do it? And I'm going to quote Joan Rivers. A nun is a nun because she has to be. Mm. I didn't I didn't fucking choose music. Music chose me. I wish I could outrun it years ago. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> but it just so happens I like it. I like entertaining people. Yeah. I wake up. Sometimes I pick up a guitar and a song is in my head and I kind of like, you know, work it out. That's what it is. It's like unapologetically, I give it a M-E-H. Meh. It's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Have I been Have I been moderately successful? I guess you could say moderately successful. Mm. Um, but at the same time, music is taken up. There are times in my life where music is taken up a hundred percent of my bandwidth. And then there are times where it only takes up a smaller margin of my bandwidth. Mm. And so do everything, do right. all of it. You know, what, you know, that's what I would say. If you're interested in music, do it for yourself first. And if that's working for you, sweet. Right. The, you know, the next parts of it, if you're trying to like, you know, I'm trying to get music out there and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, make some tracks and, throw it out there and see what happens and maybe people like it maybe right. they don't like it shift pivot learn new things try different things you know i don't know if you're going to be inventing anything new but you can certainly try to flip things in a different direction or try to um maybe go down a road that hasn't been traveled as much mm. maybe i don't know as far as the like the live space Woo, that's a whole different beast. That's a whole different beast. So I, I, I would say, you know, right now the model is you build up some kind of huge live, um, I'm sorry, internet presence, mm-hmm. and then you try to make that internet crowd come to fill in the blank club in fill in the blank city to come and see you. That's the model. So it's like everything's front loaded in the internet. It's, yeah, Maybe it's, you're... Mm-hmm. You, you know, maybe maybe at the same time you're learning how to be a musician, be a learn how to be a really good video editor, and you can make your own content, <laughs> make your own videos. So <laughs> wear a bunch of hats. 
So, um, speaking of which, you're starting a new podcast now, too. Um, yes. Uh, worst of the worst, I believe, right? Yes, yes. Uh, so, you know, why don't you tell us a little about that? Uh, uh, what's the show about? Okay, so um, the Worst of the Worst podcast is basically me embracing and loving the worst movies ever made in history. Love it. And um, I don't come at it from a perspective of I was a director or I was a producer or I was an actor. Like, I don't know shit about that world. (laughs) All I know is I love movies, and sometimes when they're really bad, I love to – watch him and scratch my head and say, what is this all about? <laughs> and that's what the worst of the worst podcast is. Very cool. Um, what's also, what's slightly different about it compared to traditional podcasts is I try to do it more community based where I tell everybody we're going to watch this week. What we're going to be watching is a movie called class of Newcomb high, which oh, is this yeah. classic, but, yeah. but a classic from 1986. And so everybody, I find a link. Everybody gets to watch the movie and then they can tune in on the podcast uh, and they can listen or they can send us live chat room stuff or they could before send us comments and be like, Doug, you're an asshole. Why'd you do this? (laughs) Or they could say, Doug, if you like this one, you should see that one. Blah, 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 blah. So the long and the short of it is that's what the podcast's about. Um, I I host it and I have two guests uh, and they're both from the Savage Media uh, radio world. Um, one of them's a guy from New York named Troy Weeks. The other one's a gal from New Jersey named Coco Blue. They oh, wow. each have their own podcasts, and we kind of come together and do this. And then um, I'll have other guests come and check out the movies, and there it is. And and you know it airs on Monday nights. If you want to listen to it live and be involved in the chat. And if you don't, you can find it on Spreaker, download that shit, and take it with you to work. You know what I mean? Listen to it on uh, when you're on the train or whatever, whatever, however you travel. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, do you want to plug, uh, say, uh, where they could, where people could find you on Twitter, Instagram, on YouTube? Sh- sure. So so for the podcast, it's, it's podcast at W-O-T-W. You could find that on Instagram. You can find that on Twitter. And then if you were to go into the Facebook platform and just type in worst of the worst (laughs) podcast, you'd go to the worst of the worst podcast. There's a community page and you can find that. Um, Or you could probably Google Doug carry on and find me that way. Uh, So I'm relatively um, internet friendly. Like you can kind of track me down, but that's how I would point in the Twitter space podcast or at podcast w o t w and on the instagram same thing yeah we're we're looking forward to the show dude yeah um yeah it should be a lot of fun yeah for sure for sure uh and then we 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 we've got a new segment for guests we have a question for you uh if you could delete one song from human history what song would it be and why or alien history if I could delete one song, yeah, holy shit, really? <laughs> uh, can I buy a vowel? <laughs> Absolutely. No. Uh... I'm gonna go for a long time on the um. Let me think about this for a second. I have two answers. All right. I have two answers. Uh, the first answer is, um, 
who would I be? What kind of a what kind of a douchebag would I be trying to tell somebody else that their art is wrong and right. trying to really and trying to get rid of it? Uh-huh. But I would have to say then on the other side of it, I would have to say anything that screwdriver did that was against <laughs> black people or anything yeah. that's like white suppressant Fuck stuff. Yeah. Sorry guys, I'm calling bullshit. I think that that's just bad art. So that's fucking a good delete answer. that from Hell delete yeah. that from the universe. Good fucking answer, man. I love it. I love there you it. go. That's a great one, Doug. Thank you so much for talking with us, man. Um, yeah, we uh, we got to have you on again, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon, dude. Cool. Thanks so much for having me. Stay in touch. Best of luck. For sure. All right, that's going to do it for now. Thanks again to Doug for coming on the podcast to share his story and weighing in on the Rock is Dead discussion. For more episodes, please visit VolubleRadio.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Uh, And leave us a review. We're always welcoming uh, feedback. It helps us reach a broader audience. Uh, If you're interested in any of the music that was played on this episode, please check out the affiliate links posted in the show description and... Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you guys soon.